All right, when you hear that, certainly one of the iconic voices you think of and legendary coaches who continues to rack in the well-deserved honors and heading into the Basketball Hall of Fame. He is Gene Cady, and the coach joins us right now. Coach Cady, good Wednesday morning to you. How's life? Well, it's great. Good morning to you and everybody else. Is, Mer- is Myrtle Beach still still home for you right now? Yes, it is. That's where we live, my wife and I, Kathleen. Well, right now, this weather up here looks beautiful. I, I assume um, y- you enjoy the weather down there? Oh, it's always great to play a lot of golf, and uh, it's always pretty even keel and never too many storms. Well, the obviously big news for you, Coach, and congratulations because um, a Basketball Hall of Fame – is a basketball hall of fame with Gene Cady in it. And you had a legendary career, a tremendous coaching career. And I'm just curious, first and foremost, can you kind of take us back to when you got the call that you were going to be enshrined in the basketball hall of fame in Massachusetts, just what your overall emotions and reaction were? Well, it was very uh, much a surprise. And uh, of course I was very much appreciative of their, giving me that honor and it doesn't happen just to anyone so I know how hard it is so I really appreciate the fact that they put me in this year coach of everything on your resume what are you most proud of that my kids graduated the players uh became successful people in their own right and that sort of thing because that's why you go to school to get education so you can develop your own career you know when you look back on you had so many great teams coach Obviously, the trip, you know, the three straight with Todd Mitchell and Everett Stevens and Troy Lewis, that was a great unit. You know, you, you had great teams with Brian Cardinal. Over the course of these, you know, Glenn Robinson goes without saying. Is there one particular group or one particular season that you find yourself dwelling on the most fondly of all the years that you had at Purdue? Well, I take the first one. We won the first uh, title. That was uh, huge for me because I had never had an opportunity to win something like that huge and in such a great league. And uh, competition was always great, and it's just a tremendous opportunity. And it was something that all everybody pulled together, and, and we won, and it was uh, very much appreciated. Now, pardon my naivete here. I'm going off memory. Would that have been Jim Rowinsky's group? Yes. Man, that uh-huh. guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brad, Brad Miller, and uh, it just uh, on and on and on. We had great players. You never win anything by yourself. Had very good assistants, Bruce Weber. Uh, he became a great coach in his own at Kansas State. So, you know, it, it's you always have to have a lot of help. And He's, the fans are the best. We had the best fans in the nation. It's the Basketball Hall of Famer. He's Gene Cady, of course, long-time, long-time coach at Purdue, and he's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, if you don't mind, can you take us back to 1980 and going from Western Kentucky to West Lafayette. And, you know, you, you hear about these hiring processes right now and so much has it played out in the media. What was that like? What was the hiring process like for you to go to Purdue? Well, uh, I was very happy at Western Kentucky. And they, as you know, they have a great tradition too. So it was an opportunity to go to a, a bigger league and a little more money and that sort of thing and great fans. So it was just an opportunity to move up in your career where you had everything in your uh, in your uh, way, way to help recruiting, especially. What did you know about West Lafayette or Purdue? 
nothing other than Rick Mount came from there. <laughs> <laughs> the old Sports Illustrated cover was about it. That was about it. So, uh, but I was a big fan of basketball, so I knew a little bit about them. Yeah, they was they were. Uh, I was surprised that I got the call, and I was very happy and had the opportunity and moved on. You know, it's so funny, Coach. Gene Cady's our guest on the Payless Sugars Hotline. I grew up in Indianapolis, and so like so many kids that grew up in the 80s, you know, the 70s, 80s, and 90s in Indiana, I loved college basketball, and I was an Indiana fan. And for that reason, boy, the rivalry was so, you know, so strong, and both teams were so good, and both programs were so good. Um, quite frankly, I couldn't stand Purdue and I didn't like Gene Cady at all. And then <laughs> I, I understand, you know, one of the coach, one of the real, I, I guess epiphanies for me into young adulthood was when I first got into media and, and covered Purdue. And one day I just realized, I thought, you know what? I, I had this all wrong all along. Cause darn it. I love this guy. He's just fun to be around and cover and and his players love him and it was a real eye opener to me that what you see sometimes from people is not at all you know the reality and that's part of that rivalry and i just wanted you to touch on for you what did rivalries mean how much did that fuel you not just indiana but maybe illinois or whatever the teams it might be but what what were the rivalries what did they mean to you as a coach well i think that the thing about it is everybody thinks you hate the other coach Usually, they're your, one of your best friends at the staff meetings, or the uh, when you go to the Big Ten uh, league meeting. So it was a uh, mostly about the fans not liking uh, the other opponent. If you had a, uh, that type of rivalry, so uh, it wasn't really about the coaches because usually they got along and we just competed. It competed in a way that you you wanted to be in the Final Four, and that was your goal. Have you talked to Coach Knight at all? Lately, I know he you know he's just lately, in the hospital. But, uh, now and then I do. We I talk about things that uh, he likes to talk about and uh, sometimes it's political sometimes it's about basketball and sometimes it's just about stuff that uh, nobody would care about and and each time you have to remind him you have a winning record against him right no i don't no, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that for you how's that i'm just happy to be at purdue 25 years and have a great job with great fans and uh, uh and a great academic uh, staff and the uh, Teachers all supported us, and it was a great opportunity for me. I was so lucky. Coach, when you look at the the class that you were going to go into the Hall of Fame with, Gene Bess, Gary Blair, Pau Gasol, Becky Hammond, David Hickson, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, Dwayne Wade, uh, I believe Jim Valvano is, is in as a contributor as well. Yes. Is there anyone, when you look and you heard those names, was there any one of them that made it particularly special for you to go in with them? Well, all of them I highly respected and was so happy to be with them because they had equal careers and and uh, not one in particular, but uh, uh, I was just happy to be part of this, the group. Gene Cady's with us, the Hall of Famer. Coach, I had no idea that you were drafted to play in the NFL. What was the Gene Cady football career like? Well, it was pretty good. I was pretty uh, pretty good in high school, and then I went to junior college and uh, at uh, Garden City and um, made little All American. I guess you call it. We played the Little Rose Bowl in Phoenix and uh, uh, had a had a, uh, what I thought was a good career for me at least. And I was happy just to be a football player. 
Was it injuries that stopped you, or what? What, what made yeah, the switch? My knee, knee, knee stopped me, and and probably ability. <laughs> so it was a. I had a great uh, time with my teammates, and I had great coaches, and and it was just a, a, a time in your life where you're so happy with what's going on, you don't really appreciate it. I don't think. Coach, did you did you find over the course of your coaching career? That when you look back on it, would you say that it that you had more flexibility or evolution as a coach in terms of just the X's and O's and watching the game evolve and adjusting to it, or the way young people evolved and having to adjust your approaches towards young people over the course of of the years? Well, I think in those days the parents were pretty strict, and I, I didn't have a whole lot of problem with that sort of thing. So. Uh, uh, maybe as the years went on, it got a little tougher for the coaches, but I just appreciated the fact that the parents were interested in their child. And and the main thing I wanted them to do is get the degree. Because without a degree, you're not going anywhere. So you have to be able to understand how important going to class every day was. And and I know, obviously, you've touched on this a thousand times, but you know I think it's so special for Purdue fans to see you at games, still a Boilermaker, you know, still there rooting on the team. And, and I'm, I'm sure that a large part of that is because of the fact that you have one of your players now leading that program. Your overall thoughts on Matt Painter and his representation of the program in the university? Well, I better like him. I picked him. They let me pick who I wanted, and that's who I picked. So uh, he's a, a great guy. Uh, does a very, very good job recruiting and understands the game in a way that you're able to win with. So uh, he's a guy that uh, I really had fun coaching because he could get on him and he wouldn't take it personal. You know, that secession plan worked out so well, right? Bringing him in and then kind of handing things over. I mean, that's really rare, Coach, isn't it? To to be able to, to have that opportunity, number one, for you to do that. But number two, for it to work out so seamlessly. Yeah, well said, because that's exactly what it, way it was. George King was my boss and a great boss, and I just had a lucky that he was over me and let me – sometimes I didn't act right, so my mom would call me in California and say, hey, you weren't talking to act like that. Knock it off. Dad's teaching me lip reading. So, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was not good when your mother got on you. <laughs> Coach, have you uh, talked with Matt since the season ended? Oh, yeah. Yeah, once in a while. But uh, I don't like to bother him because I know he's so busy with recruiting and taking care of his own uh, weightlifting and that sort of thing. So uh, I just don't want to get in the way. If he reached out to you and said, you know what, Coach, we, we have these great years, great great runs through Big Ten seasons, Big Ten tournaments, but the month of March, we, we just can't get over that hump. What would be your advice in handling that one-and-done nature of the NCAA tournament? Oh, wow. Uh, stay positive. Keep working with your kids. Work on fundamentals. Uh, make sure you get guys that listen and be able to uh, improve each year. You know, you had mentioned, Coach, the Final Four, and I've always felt like the Final Four is such a unique kind of unicorn because I think sometimes a lot of coaches, when they have their best teams, they fall short of the Final Four, and then maybe they get into the Final Four with that wasn't what you know. Izzo's gone with some of the teams that you wouldn't expect. You got to have a, so many things have to fall your way over the course of the tournament. For you personally, having that be that that last frontier that you never were able to cross in the Final Four, not always necessarily because of the fault of Purdue, as I mentioned, but was it 
a challenge to not get too hyper-focused on that and to be able to regroup and just stay the course of what you were doing? Yeah, I think you just wanted to be daily uh, doing things that will help your players. And I went to the Final Four as an assistant at Arkansas with Eddie Sutton, and I didn't get to go because I was interviewing for the Purdue job. So he was uh, he was at the Final Four, and I was getting a, a job that was much appreciated. Coach, last one from me, and again, congratulations. It's quite the honor. It's an unbelievable class that you're going in with and extremely well-deserved, and we thank you for the time here on this Wednesday morning. What's the thing about college basketball right now that makes Gene Cady scratch his head? Well, I think that uh, some times it's about how they were raised. I don't know. I think that my dad was the best thing that ever happened to me because he made me respect authority and work hard and and uh, do the things it takes to be successful. So because of my father, I was able to not take all the criticism or whatever you call it with the coaches wherever I went. So I had great coaches in junior college and uh, had great coaches I played, and I just appreciate the fact that they were there to help me do things right. You know, the good news is that 78 final – I think it was 78, the final four when Arkansas went, and I think it was in St. Louis. So at least you weren't, like, missing out on a trip to Los Angeles or New Orleans or somewhere like that, right? No, I, I was part of it, but the thing about it was I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I'd like to because I was interviewing for the Purdue job, so it turned out okay. That's I was going to say, in the long run, <laughs> it worked out for you, obviously, Coach. I, I'm curious about this. Um, in other sports – I don't know how basketball works, Coach. In other sports, when you go into the Hall of Fame, you have someone that, that presents you or introduces you uh, is that the case with the Basketball Hall of Fame? And if so, have you thought about who it will be that will be your presenter? Well, uh, that's just coming up, so i got to get that all organized. Uh, I don't know exactly what the details are or how far you can go to get them and that sort of thing, but yes, we have the same kind of situation where you're you're going to be uh, put together and interviewed and, and you'll have somebody there as a sponsor. Have you thought about who it would be? Like if you had to list – the folks that you you would say are the most influential over the course of your career, who would it be? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I, uh, probably probably uh, uh, Bruce Weber. Uh, that He's a guy that uh, we stuck together and did the things it took to be successful at whatever job we were at or in working in. And then uh, he was a guy that stood by me and was the most successful. Has Bruce Weber ever had like a bad day? Whenever you talk to that guy, literally, like the few times that I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to Bruce Weber, including on this program, I'm ready to go run a marathon as soon as I'm done talking to him. <laughs> He's very positive and uh, great for players because they understand what they need to do and how to get there with him. So it was a great opportunity for me to have him as an assistant. Coach, congratulations. Um, just an Thank awesome, you. awesome honor. And again, so well-deserved. Life in Myrtle Beach sounds great for you. And we look forward to seeing you uh, get that uh, induction and enshrinement of the Basketball Hall of Fame. And thank you very much for the time this morning. Well, thank you for having me on. And uh, go Boilers because uh, we're always watching them and always pulling for them in all sports, not just basketball. Hey, Coach, I wanted to say one other thing. Um, you know, I, I think that when a person is selected to go into the Hall of Fame, obviously they're, you know, you're being – it's represented that Gene Cady has gone into the Hall of Fame. And – as I mentioned, you know, I grew up watching a lot of Purdue basketball. And then I, I watched you from afar after your time at Purdue and your connection to the university. 
and I just don't know that there's that anybody can ask for a better representation of where they worked and 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 who they are. And I feel like a little bit of Purdue is going into that Hall of Fame with you, and that I, it's my hope that Purdue fans can recognize and appreciate that, and understand the great representation not only professionally but personally that you have been for that university. And I just think that I speak for a lot of people in Central Indiana and the state of Indiana, and thanking you for the way in which you have carried yourself to be able to carry those folks into the Hall of Fame with you. And and I just think well, it's a tremendous honor for you. Well, thank you. You never do it by yourself. My wife is always by my side helping me, uh, making sure things are taken care of in the proper fashion, how to treat people, how to approach a, a, a crowd or whatever. But uh, you never do it by yourself. You need help. You have to understand that it's about us, not me. And that's always where I felt about when I played and when I coached and, and when I was assistant. Well, your mom will be lip-reading from afar and telling you that dad's awfully proud. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, they're not here anymore, but uh, I know up uh, in heaven they'll be looking down and saying that they did the right thing to get me in the right path. So thank you very much for having me on today. And hello to all the Boilermaker fans, and I appreciate you having me today, today and interviewing me. Thank you, Coach. You're welcome. Thank you. Be safe.